Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi there, I'm Josh Raymond, and so glad you're listening to The Inner Life today. Let me uh, ask you, are you ready for a bit of Easy Friday trivia? You're going to know the answer to this one. I'm, I'm almost positive. What's the most important meal of the day? Jim, you know? Of course you do, right? It's breakfast. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm sure everybody answered right there. If you want to have energy to accomplish everything that you need to do today, eat a good breakfast. If you want to be healthy and get your metabolism off and moving and running, eat a good breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. And what makes for a good breakfast? Well, you need some eggs and you need some bacon and get some sausage on your plate. Put a pile of hash browns on there. Make sure you get at least a a short stack or a small stack of pancakes or maybe a waffle that's swimming in syrup. And keep that mug filled with coffee. And that's right next to your glass of orange juice right there. Freshly squeezed orange juice, of course. And you should have a cup of yogurt or a small bowl of fruit there. Oh, don't forget that toast or an English muffin that is uh, there with plenty of butter and jam. Or if you're really hungry, maybe you can add on some biscuits and gravy or an omelet or some eggs benedict. And after all of this, make sure you save room for that donut or that Danish. And here, let's top off that coffee for you there, right? That should get you, <laughs> that should get you through the next few hours until lunch, right? Get you started on your day. But do you know why? We all say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Believe it or not, it's actually due to marketing slogans. Back when the Kellogg brothers were just starting to develop their cereals, as they began to market and promote their cereals, they used this concept of starting the day with a healthy grain-based breakfast. And this concept, they had they had started it, but it continued to develop and It continued in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. And then in the 1920s, there was a man by the name of Edward Bernays, and he was working with the Beechnut Company, and they wanted to boost their bacon sales. And so Edward convinced 5,000 different doctors to sign a letter that recommended starting with a hearty breakfast. Starting your day off with that big breakfast. Edward published this in newspapers And he put it out there as if it were a scientific study with bacon and eggs presented as the ideal start to the day. And, of course, it worked. Sales of beechnut bacon, they increased, and we've been eating bacon for breakfast ever since. Now, you move forward a couple of decades after this, a man named Charles Post, he had enjoyed Kellogg's cereals so much that he decided he wanted to start his own cereal company. His very first cereal, you may have heard of it, Grape Nuts. He focused on promoting the convenience of his cereal, along with the idea of breakfast being crucial to the start of your day. And he launched this campaign, which the marketers working with him, they named it, Eat a Good Breakfast, Do a Better Job. 
And this promotion, it included grocery stores handing out pamphlets to the different patrons that promoted the importance of breakfast. And alongside this, Charles Post ran radio advertisements that announced the line, Nutrition experts say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So again and again, for more than a century now, we've had that line presented to us or to our parents or to our grandparents. And we've all taken it as truth, right? After all, no one in marketing would ever say something that isn't true. But regardless of whether objectively or factually, breakfast is or is not the most important meal of the day, there is some truth to starting your day off right. If you make those good choices early in the day, you often feel better about the rest of the day as it comes to you. If you have those good interactions at the beginning of your day, you enjoy the next hours as they roll by. But if you start your day with an argument with your spouse, or if you get into a fight with one of your kids, maybe as you're taking them to school, it can kind of cast a cloud over the rest of your day. If you forgot to set your alarm the night before, and you sleep in past when you normally wake up, then you're racing around in the morning, you're stressed, you're anxious. Those first moments of the day, they really do help to set the tone for the coming hours. So today we want to look at starting our day right. And because here on The Inner Life, this is a show, of course, about spiritual direction, we're going to discuss this in regards to our faith. And when we talk as Catholics about beginning our day, getting off on the right foot, It all goes back to our relationship with God. So how do you begin your day with God? Do you start it in prayer? And if you do, have you seen that make a difference in your life? Has it changed your attitude over the past months, over the past years, as you've incorporated that prayer into your life as you begin your day? Has your demeanor, has it improved uh, the, the way you interact with your family in the morning? Does it, has that improved? What's been the best part of starting your day with prayer? Where have you seen those blessings, the spiritual growth, the progress by beginning each day with prayer? We're also going to look very specifically at a prayer called the morning offering, and we're going to do that with the help of one of our spiritual directors, Father James Kavicki. He's the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. And, of course, you can hear his prayer reflections every single day here on Relevant Radio. You can also download them on the Relevant Radio app. Father Jim, welcome back to The Inner Life. So nice to be able to speak with you today. Well, thank you, Josh. Uh, It's good to be with you, too. And I have to admit, you were making me hungry when you were describing beginning the day with a good breakfast. And uh, um, so I I guess I'll have to say I won't have... that kind of a breakfast right now because it's closer to lunchtime. But uh, that was a, a good setup there to help us get into not only the kind of physical nourishment that we need, but also uh, the, the spiritual nourishment that we should have at the beginning of each day. Right. And uh, actually, today, I'll say happy birthday to my son, Sam. And he requested for his birthday dinner tonight, uh, he wants um, <laughs> to have waffles and eggs and sausages. So we're actually doing a, a breakfast meal later tonight for ourselves. But uh, as we talk about making that time for morning prayer, specifically that prayer, the morning offering, it, you know, we want to look at that prayer. But if someone starts their day with a different prayer, I mean, that's still that's still getting things started right um, we're talking about beginning that day in conversation with God. Uh, that said, 
What makes the morning offering unique and a great prayer to start your day? Well, I think it's a very scriptural way to begin the day. In St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, he begins that chapter by saying, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to God, your spiritual worship. Um, And the idea of that is, you know, we are members of the body of Christ. The Church is the body of Christ. Through baptism, we're joined to Jesus and his body, the Church. And that means that we are to live as Jesus lived his life. And we can't do that without being conscious. And the best way to be conscious is to make the first moments of our day an act of offering, just as Jesus offered himself to the Father for the salvation of souls. So in every Mass that we attend and participate in, we're offering ourselves with Jesus. But I like to say the Mass does not end when we leave the Church on Sunday or a weekday Mass. We have to live that Mass in our daily lives. And the best way to do that is to begin each day with an offering of our day. And whatever happens during that day, our thoughts, words, deeds, our prayers, works, joys, our sufferings in particular, are, are the crosses that we want to join to Jesus' cross. And in that way, we live like Jesus did, offering ourselves to the Father for the, the salvation of souls. And we do that one day at a time. And just so that people have context on what this prayer is, uh, I'm going to read through it here, and you can join together. We can pray through it here. Um, even if you're partway through your day, it's okay. We can still pray through it. Uh, the, the version I'm using is found on the Relevant Radio app, so if you have the app, you can click on the upper right-hand corner. There's a little uh, button to pray. And if you go to the basic prayers, you'll find it there, just the morning offering. And let's pray together in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in thanksgiving for your favors, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, For the intentions of the Holy Father, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. And uh, Father Kabicki, as you were talking there, you mentioned some of the different aspects of that prayer already, you know, saying it's a very scriptural way to start uh, our day. And the first thing that we hear there is we pray to Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So maybe can you give us a little background on the devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and and how that shapes the beginning of this prayer. Well, I I think it's a wonderful way to begin. Uh, First of all, when we say, Oh, Jesus, um, you know, there are many titles that we can use for Jesus, for our Lord. We can refer to him as our Lord, our divine Savior, our Master. But I, I love the fact that we say, Oh, Jesus, because what we're doing there is recognizing that Jesus in the uh, Gospel of John to the Apostles. This is in chapter 15. He says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. And so friends share what is most important to them. And it's a good way of starting the the prayer by uh, being on a first-name basis with Jesus, that we are friends of Jesus. And then we move right into the fact that Jesus came to us, that he took flesh, 
because of a woman who said yes to God's will and who opened herself completely to that will and became the mother of the second person of the Blessed Trinity. So we say, oh, Jesus, through the immaculate heart of Mary, Mary's heart was immaculate. It was open completely to God's will. There was no obstacle to God's will being done, no sin in that heart of Mary. She was immaculately conceived. So every moment of her existence was free from sin. And uh, that's the kind of attitude we want to have, is, is to have an immaculate heart like the heart of Mary, so that there's no obstacle to God's will being done in our lives. And the fact that uh, Jesus came to us through Mary and through her yes to God, it makes sense that we would go to Jesus through Mary. Um, Jesus came to us through Mary, we go to Jesus through Mary, and in particular through a heart that was completely open to God's will. So we basically begin our day, you know, saying, Lord, I want to live like Jesus and like Mary. I want your will to be done in my life this day. Uh, let me not put any obstacle um, to you, your will being accomplished in me this day. Mm, and I love that concept of Jesus saying, I call you now friends, um, because he also introduces that to us where um, my understanding has always been that prior to Jesus introducing the Our Father and the way that the Father loves us, that there was kind of more of an understanding for the uh, Israelites that God, while he was a personal God, you you didn't have that kind of father relationship in the same way that Jesus kind of introduces it to us then as he becomes that proclamation of, I've come here to redeem all of mankind. So we not only have Jesus as a friend, we have him introducing us to his father. We become adopted sons and daughters of the father. Uh, I, I really love that concept. Right. And and it, you're right on target there. That's the, the beauty of baptism, is that it really incorporated us into the body of Christ, and um, that when we were baptized, uh, what the Father said to Jesus at his baptism, uh, the Father says to us, You are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, my favor rests on you, with you I am well pleased. Um, and, and so you're right, Jesus, before Jesus... Um, the Jewish people and other religions, they, they never approached God in that kind of intimate way. Um, there was always a, a sense of almost a dread uh, when it came to God. And in fact, one of the things that Jesus was accused of when he called God his Father was that he was blaspheming. He was making himself, as it were, equal to God. And uh, that's the action of grace in our lives, though. It raises us beyond our natural state into a, a supernatural state so that we really are sons and daughters of God. It's not just a name game that happens, but there was a change that happened in our baptism. And that's why baptism is, is so important. And um, from that, then, we, we have, as, as you mentioned, um, Jesus inviting us to share that same relationship that he had with the Father. That when he taught us to pray, when he taught the apostles to pray, he, say, he said, first approach God with the words, Our Father. 
you know, Abba was apparently the Aramaic word that is is a much more colloquial term too. It's almost I think like Papa or Daddy, um, and so Jesus uh, invites us to have that same intimate relationship with His Father that He had. Mm, yeah, that's that's beautiful. Okay, moving forward, Father Jim, through the prayer, then we come to four different things that we offer. Our prayers, our works, our joys, and our sufferings. And if you've just joined us, we're talking about the morning offering, starting our day off right here. And maybe we can go through uh, at least a couple of these, because we're going to have to take a a time out here in just a moment. But uh, looking at those four things, we offer our prayers, which seems maybe a little counterintuitive because we're already in the midst of praying. Mm-hmm. It's it's a way of saying I I'm I'm going to pray during this day at different times, and I don't want that just to be rote. I don't want to offer you something that is not worthy of you. I don't want to offer you something that is oh you know distracted or um, just going through the motions. I want to offer you the best prayer the, that I can. And so if I recite prayers, if I recite the rosary, whatever it may be. Uh, I want to make sure that that prayer that I'm offering is is worthy of you, O oh Jesus. Okay, and then we move on to the works of our day. Uh, that seems pretty self-explanatory, but um, there's probably more that we can understand as we say the works of our day, as we're offering those to God, because if we have works that we're doing and we've say, we say we've offered these to God, all of a sudden— it should change our outlook. It should make us say, well, I'm not just doing this for myself or for my family. I'm doing it for the Almighty, for the creator of the universe, the, the God who the second person of the Trinity took on flesh to live, to die, to resurrect so that I could have the hope of joining him in heaven at, after this life. That, that's right, Josh. Uh, the works, and St. Paul, again, this is so scriptural because St. Paul says, you know, speaking even to slaves— who are are not working for their own family they're they're enslaved and and St Paul says work and serve your master as, as though you're serving not this human being in front of you but you're doing it for the Lord and so it's that sense of of offering everything that we do uh and whether it's something we enjoy doing or something unpleasant we say I'm doing this not simply for myself or my family or for humanity but I'm doing this to give glory to God. And that, if we keep that attitude in mind, it, it really does affect then the, the way we do our work. I, I know for me, you know, a lot of my work as director of St. Francis Mission on this reservation in South Dakota is administrative work, and it's fundraising. And I, I have to say, I, I really, it's not something I chose when I, um, when I answered the call to become a Jesuit priest. But I see that the Lord wants me to do this at this point in my life. And I find the Fatima prayer to be very helpful. You know, the three children who met Our Lady in Fatima, Portugal in 1917, they were taught to to offer the, the moments of their day and to say, this is for the salvation of souls and for the love of God. I'm doing this for the love of God and for the salvation of souls. And if we do that, no matter how mundane or ordinary or unpleasant the task before us is, it now takes on a whole different meaning than if we were just going through the drudgery of, of whatever work or task right. we have in, in, that's facing us. Yeah, it also reminds me of 
the the spirituality of Saint Therese of Lisieux, you know, being able to take those little mundane kind of moments that would be drudgery and being able to offer them back and then try and do them in the best possible way we, way we can, making that our act of love towards Christ. We're talking with Father James Kabicki today, our spiritual director here on The Inner Life, and talking about starting our day with prayer, especially the morning offering. How do you start your day in prayer? Has it made that difference in your life? Have you seen that change in your life? Where have you seen those blessings and that spiritual growth, that progress by beginning each day with prayer? We'd love to hear how you've been able to experience that in your own life, how it's allowed you to grow closer in your relationship with Christ, and hopefully by that, help all of the relationships that you have, help all of the interactions that you have with people throughout your day. And you can call our studio line. It's open right now at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll have more here on the morning offering coming up next after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, and we're speaking with our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, the director of St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota, and talking about morning prayer, specifically the morning offering prayer, but even just starting our day with prayer, such a crucial aspect of beginning our day, getting off on the right foot spiritually. How do you start your day in prayer, and how has it made that difference in your life? How have you seen those changes, that that spiritual growth, maybe some of the blessings that it's brought about? Has it helped heal different relationships? Has it opened different doors in your life? Because you've started off with prayer. You offer that day to Jesus, and you've seen that uh, the, the different results of making that a part of your life. You can give us a call and share how that's impacted you and how maybe that's impacted those around you because of you starting your day with prayer. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. I want to say thanks to Jim Shaper and Nick Schmitz who are running everything behind the scenes, making everything run well. And also want to say a very special thank you to Nick. Uh, Nick has taken another job opportunity, and so we want to say congratulations on that. But also thanks for all of the time that he has spent here working on the inner life uh, over these past few years and working here at Relevant Radio. And Nick, uh, you want to open your mic for a minute? Um, just wanted to say thank you. And, uh, you know, you, you've, you've been here with Chuck, working with him. You've been here with me. You've uh, had the opportunity to work with Father Simon. Obviously, we work with a lot of us here at Relevant Radio, but um, we're going to miss you, buddy. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm going to miss Relevant Radio, and I'm very appreciative for uh, the opportunity. This is my first uh, opportunity in radio, and it's been a great one. And uh, just thanks to everyone. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Nick. And uh, for those of you listening out there, keep Nick in in your prayers, and uh, we just wish him and his wife Annie all the best. 
And uh, we're talking again, like I said, uh, with Father James Kubicki about morning prayer, about starting our day off with that prayer. And Father Jim, uh, we were talking about prayers, works, joys, and sufferings, offering those different aspects. I do have to say, too, um, over the last, I, I think, probably three days now, I've had that earworm of a song going through my head when I knew I was going to be speaking with you about the morning offering. Do you remember that old kind of cheesy Burt Bacharach song, uh, I Say a Little Prayer for You? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, was that done by Dionne Warwick? I, yeah, Dionne Warwick, I think, did a version. The uh, I think Aretha Franklin yeah. did a version of it as well. And so okay. I have I have just been humming that and I think driving my kids and my wife crazy as I'm just, you know, whistling or humming that around the house and gotten some odd looks from. I mean, my kids didn't even know what the song was, but my wife looked at me and just said, why? Why are you singing that? <laughs> but and I've probably offended somebody by calling it cheesy. You know, it's probably a very important song to somebody. But but yeah, it's just been going over and over through my mind. But uh, as we are talking about saying that little prayer in the morning, the morning offering, we had talked about offering our prayers and our works. Let's look at the joys that we offer throughout our day. That that should be a, it seems like it should be a pretty easy aspect of what we offer to Christ. Yeah, you know, we usually, people focus on the, the crosses, uh, the sufferings, the things that, you know, in, when I was growing up, in Milwaukee in the 1950s and early 60s, uh, the, there was the the, the uh, phrase was if something unpleasant happened, you'd say, "Well, now offer it up, offer it up," and we didn't. It was always something unpleasant, and we never really thought of offering up the joys or the good things. And yet, you know, that too is part of our daily life, and it can help us foster um, an attitude of of thankfulness, a, a Eucharistic attitude. You know, the Eucharist. That word for the Mass comes from the Greek that means thanksgiving. And so part of our offering should be that in the spirit of thanksgiving. And some things are easier to thank God for than others. Um, So it's important to not forget the blessings that we have and to uh, also offer those in gratitude to the Lord, thanking Him for um, the way He has blessed us in one way or another. Now, on the other side of that, then, we also offer our sufferings. That's the last of those four different pieces that we have in this part of the prayer. So, as you said, you know, that's that's the thing that maybe we've heard if we've grown up in the Church. Oh, the sufferings, you know, offer that up. Uh, so... Uh, one of the things that I think always comes back to this, there's uh, where St. Paul ends up writing about how we offer our sufferings and unite them with Christ to perfect his sacrifice. And maybe you can explain a little bit about what St. Paul does mean and what he does not mean in that in that passage. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Josh, because, you know, that comes from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians, chapter 1, verse 24. And it's it's often overlooked by uh, many of our non-Catholic brothers and sisters because it does sound as though what Jesus did on the cross was not sufficient. Uh, St. Paul says, now I offer my, my sufferings. Um, oh, you know, I'm under the gun here, so it's... it's, it's um, um, now in my body I make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ on behalf of his body, the Church. Uh, I rejoice in my sufferings, and I am making up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ on behalf of his body, the Church. And, you know, when you first see that or read that, it sounds like, 
wait a minute, St. Paul is saying that what Jesus did on the cross and with his resurrection was not sufficient to take away the sins of the world. But St. Paul would never say that. He would never say that we add to what Jesus accomplished on the cross. But the way I look at it is the work of salvation is ongoing. What Jesus accomplished on the cross was final, but not all people in the world have accepted what Jesus did on the cross, have not accepted that Jesus took away their sins, have not asked Jesus to take away their sins, and sin is kind of ongoing. And so the work that Jesus accomplished on the cross is ongoing, and we play a part in that as members of his body. Uh, Remember St. Paul talks often about the body of Christ, that he is the head and we are the body. We, We form, as it were, one organ. And so what the head has done, now the body is called to do as well. And and that's where offering our sufferings in union with Jesus uh, and his perfect offering on the cross, um, that's where we continue the work that Jesus began and finished on the cross, but which it's kind of like a uh, uh, mop-up campaign where uh, the world has not accepted this. There are people at risk of rejecting it, and that's where our part comes in uh, by offering our prayers and sacrifices for others. Well, and that, I mean, that's our Christian life there in general, too, is uh, it's not just, okay, you've accepted this beautiful, wonderful, free gift of salvation— from God, and now there's nothing else for you to do. No, (laughs) there's more for you to do. In fact, God wants you to be an active member of his church and wants you to be engaged every single day. So not only is it just with starting with morning prayer, that's just that's just the very first part. So then we're called to uh, take that message out to a world who ne- that needs to hear it. So then we come here as we're looking at the morning offering, we come to where we offer all the intentions, uh, these for the intentions of Jesus's sacred heart. And so um, I know a number of years ago, you wrote a book on the sacred heart of Jesus and that devotion. Uh, maybe you can give us a, a little bit of background on that as well, Father. Yes, you know, the, the Sacred Heart of Jesus is a symbol. The heart is a symbol of love. And so um, Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary with his heart on the outside of his body, on his chest. And people might think that's very strange, but we have the expression, my heart goes out to you. And with that symbol of Jesus' heart on his chest, he's saying to us, my heart is always there for you. My heart is always going out to you with compassion. And so to, um, to share the intentions of Jesus' heart means to share his concerns, his desires for, um, for us individually and our families and our friends for the entire world. And um, it's, it's a way of entering into um, the heart of Jesus. To, I think part of that, that prayer, if we reflect on it more each day, is, is to say, Lord, I want to see the world as you see it. I want my heart to be moved by what I see this day, as your heart would be moved, um, mostly with compassion. You know, the, the, I, I think the biggest movement of Jesus' heart was compassion, where in Matthew's Gospel there are several, uh, three instances where it says Jesus looked with pity on the crowd 
and his heart was moved with compassion, was moved with right. pity for them. Well, we, we had like that... sheep without a shepherd. Right. We had that right at uh, Palm Sunday as well when he rides uh, across there. Doesn't he look down at Jerusalem and he looks at them and has, mm-hmm. has pity, has that compassion for them? Exactly. And so, you know, when we say, you know, that we offer our prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for the intentions of your sacred heart, it's basically to say, you know, I want to have the same desires, concerns, intentions that are in your heart as I go through my day. All right. So then we come to where we unite ourselves with the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And with that... We know that Mass is being offered every day. We know that it's there. We might even attend daily Mass. What does it mean to be united with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass? Well, that's a, that's a good way of putting it, Josh, is that any, at any given moment, somewhere in the world, the Mass is being offered. And the Mass is the perfect prayer. It's the prayer that Jesus gave us. Said, he said, do this in remembrance of me. And we believe, as Catholics, that with every Mass, we're not just remembering the Last Supper, when Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood, but he was anticipating at the Last Supper what he would do the next day on the cross. And that's why we call it the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. It's not that Jesus is sacrificing himself again, or dying again, you can only die once, but what he's doing is, Uh, when we celebrate Mass, is making that perfect offering of himself, that greatest act of love the world has ever known. He's making that present to us there uh, at that moment. And um, that's where um, I think, and I always challenge people to say, when we pray the Mass, if we really are actively participating in the celebration of the Mass, it means we're doing more than singing and, and responding, but our minds and hearts should be aware of Jesus making that perfect offering of himself present, and we offer ourselves with him to the Father, and then we go out and and live that offering. So it's a way of reminding ourselves that we're called to live a Eucharistic life, a life of thanksgiving, and a life of offering, just as Jesus offered himself. And if we go to Mass, it it takes me back to what you were saying, you know, uh, Mary was the conduit by which we received Christ in the world. Now we have the opportunity to be those living tabernacles if we receive the Eucharist there at Mass, and we have the ability to follow Mary's example and take Christ out into the world. That's right. You know, uh, the Mass, we're joined to the body of Christ through baptism, but what strengthens that union with Jesus and to be part of his body is is through the Eucharist, uh, where we, as it were, become what we receive. We become the body of Christ more and more with each reception of Holy Communion. And then, you know, we go out and live that. Uh, St. Teresa of Avila, the great Carmelite mystic, has a little poem in which she says, basically, Christ has no eyes now on earth but ours, no feet, no hands but ours. We're the eyes with which he sees the needs of the world. We're the feet with which he moves to meet those needs and the hands that reached out reach down to those in need. We are the body of Christ, and and that's what the Eucharist uh, strengthens us to be. 
Our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life is Father James Kubicki, excuse me, James Kubicki, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. And uh, we're talking about offering our day in prayer, starting off with prayer in the morning, especially the prayer, the morning offering. If you've just tuned in, if you missed any part of the conversation, you can always go back and listen to the podcast on RelevantRadio.com or through the Relevant Radio app. And if you have the Relevant Radio app, there's on the upper right-hand corner of the app, you'll see a little uh, icon for pray. And if you click on that and go to the basic prayer section, you'll find the morning offering there. And that's what we're talking about. But again, starting your day in prayer, how has that made a difference in your life? Have you seen that change in your attitude, your demeanor? Have you seen the spiritual growth, the progress that you've made in your own life? Has that then uh, been something where you've been able to change the relationships around you, the world around you, by being able to be that conduit of Christ, being able to bring Christ into the world, being that missionary disciple. You can give us a call and tell us how morning prayer has helped impact your life, helped shape your spiritual life. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. We'll talk with Christine right after the break here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Do you start your day with prayer? Has it made that difference in your life? Have you seen that change in your life? Have you grown closer to Christ because of starting your day with prayer? Of course, we're called to pray without ceasing, so it should be a continuous prayer throughout our day that we're offering, that we're in constant dialogue, constant conversation with God. But that starting your day off right, it makes such a big difference in how you progress through the rest of the day. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and here on The Inner Life today, we're talking with Father James Kubicki, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota, looking at starting our day with prayer, looking at that prayer prayer, the morning offering, and uh, you're welcome to call in and share how starting your day with prayer has made that big difference in your life, if you've experienced that. The studio number is 888-914-9149. And Father Jim, let's go to Christine. She's listening in Chicago. Hi, Christine. Welcome to The Inner Life. How are you? I, I'd like to share, I, when I get up and pray or... or uh, I'll anticipate another day. I start always with the divine office, and it does me a lot of good to say the office and then and read scripture and spiritual reading. But I also have a question: What if say you're saying say the office, and then you get interrupted, and then you're gone all day, and then do, uh, do you, I, I always want to finish that morning prayer and then go through the rest of the prayers that during the day. Is it necessary or could I go on to the rest of the day's prayers? Well, that's a good good question, Christine. And uh, for our listeners who maybe are not familiar, uh, that expression, the divine office, refers to the bravery 
uh, the prayer book that every priest and deacon is obligated to pray every day, uh, that monks and contemplative sisters and others will pray. It's known as the prayer of the church, and it's a way that the liturgy is not just the celebration of the Mass, but, but these prayers throughout the day, a morning prayer, a midday prayer, vespers, evening prayer, a night prayer. Um, it, it, it's a way of sanctifying our day. So, Christine, that's a great reminder and suggestion to begin the day with uh, the prayer of the Church, uh, because the Church teaches that it's Christ praying in that office, and we're praying with Him to the Father, uh, just like uh, it's a way of uh, extending the Mass into our daily lives. And as to your question... I think um, uh, the the easiest thing is to say, no, there is not an obligation to go back if you get interrupted um, by uh, someone or something that happens while you're praying the office. There, There is not an obligation to, to go back and finish it. Uh, St. Vincent de Paul has a, a beautiful letter about this. He says, you know, if you're in your prayers and somebody rings the doorbell and, and you need to uh, leave your prayer, he said, basically, you're leaving the Christ in your prayer, but meeting Christ in your neighbor. And so uh, if you're interrupted and, and you have to go do something, um, you're, as it were, continuing your prayer by meeting Christ in your neighbor. And in that sense, I think it's, it's good to say we, we don't want to be scrupulous about this, that, well, I, I have to uh, pray this now and finish it, even though it might be three o'clock in the afternoon, um, you, you, you're praying morning prayer. If you, out of your sense of devotion, and you find it consoling, and you want to finish it, that's fine, but there's no obligation to have to do that. Yeah, and Father, I think it might have been talking with you. I remember years ago somebody had had shared this with me, but I think it might have been in conversation with you that uh, Pope Emeritus, Benedict XVI, um, that there would be times he wouldn't even make it through praying the entire rosary because he'd get so caught up in reflecting and meditating on just one of the mysteries. Right, yeah, I remember talking about that. It's something that I I was so surprised at, uh, because, you know, we feel we haven't really prayed the rosary if we haven't, quote, gotten through it. But what Pope Benedict Emeritus, and happy birthday to the Pope, it's his birthday today, um, Pope Emeritus Benedict, um, what he said is uh, he would, um, he he found it, as it were, maybe distracting to, to feel uh, obligated to, to pray the entire rosary. He would spend the amount of time that it would take to pray the entire rosary, but he would pray uh, and meditate upon one set of mysteries and and really go deeper into those mysteries. Rather than approaching it with an attitude of, well, i got to get through this, uh, he would spend that 15 or 20 minutes that would normally take to pray the rosary, and he would focus on one uh, set of mysteries. And um, I think by sharing that with the with us, with the Church, he, he was telling us that um, we, we can have some flexibility and freedom when it comes to uh, how we pray. That's beautiful. Uh, Father Jim, let's go to Claire. She's listening in California. Hi, Claire. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm outside and I'm speaker. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for for uh, 
having me today with you. Um, I would like to share our our morning prayer. Me and my husband never miss our morning prayer. We wake up at four in the morning. The first thing we do is pray. We we praise him, we thank him, and we just uh, offer all our sufferings and worries for each day. So this really, really uh, start the day with the prayer is very powerful. It made us uh, closer to God, made made him our center of our life, our relationship with each other, and the family. This is, and I would say this is a very, very significant significant part of our life, our daily life. We will never miss praying every day before we go do anything. And of course, end the day with a prayer. So that's all I can say. It's hopefully those who are listening can follow this. I can attest to it, especially the relationship with each other. Being married for 30 years, 35 Thank you, Claire. You know, it, it's it's it's. Um, I'm so glad you called with that witness because um, it. What you're telling us is it makes a difference when you give the first fruits of your day to the Lord. And uh, you know, you may be tired and just waking up. You haven't had your coffee yet, whatever. But to give those first fruits to the Lord and to do that, it's a wonderful way for couples to learn to pray together um, to begin the day with that prayer, making. Uh, God, the center of your life, and as you said, the results—you know, 34 years—I think you said of 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 your life together. Um, when He becomes more and more the center of your marriage, then um, the marriage becomes stronger. So I really appreciate your calling in with that uh, witness, Claire. Yeah, thanks for the call, Claire. Father Jim, we're uh, kind of winding down towards the end of the hour, but I'd like to try and get through the rest of the aspects of the morning offering as we've been discussing that here. And uh, the next place that we come to is where we give thanks to God for all that he's done for us. We kind of talked about that in offering our joys to God, but we reemphasize, and one of my thoughts was rather than just gloss over this and say, oh, you know, I'm thankful in general— do you think it's good to just maybe take that moment there at that point in the morning offering and reflect on one or two specific things that God has done for you specifically in the last day or the last week, some some special uh, way that you can say, I'm really thankful for this way that you've taken care of me, God? Definitely, Josh. You know, that's where what we want to strive for is not just to say prayers, say the words, but we want to pray we want to pray the words, and so to to take those words of uh, uh, in that we're offering our day in thanksgiving for your favors, and and to remember briefly, you know, those favors um, is is really good, and it it's again it begins the day with a positive attitude, an attitude of thanksgiving, which uh, can help kind of set the stage for the entire day. Right. So then we come to where we offer. Uh, our day, we make this offering for the reparation, in reparation for our sins. Now, we hear the word reparations quite a lot today in the media, um, but reparation for our sins, this is different than just simply asking for forgiveness. Right. Uh, You know, it's one thing to ask for forgiveness, and we do that in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, but then the priest will give us a penance as a way of balancing out the wrong we have done with something good, whether it's a prayer or an act of charity. And the idea, again, is that um, 
we want to balance out the evil in our world that we have contributed to or or fostered with our own sins, we want to balance it out with good. And reparation basically means repairing the damage that our sins have done. And so we want to live our day repairing the damage of sin in our world. We might say, you know, reparation is not just repairing the damage of my own sins, but Jesus took upon himself the sins of the world, repaired the damage of all sin, and we, again, like him, want to continue that work of of repairing the damage. All right. And then we come to where we pray for those in our lives, our family and our friends. This, to me, it's so easy in my uh, prayers to say, God, here's what I need, and here's what I need for my family, here's what I need for the people that I care about, and it gets pushed almost to the end of this prayer. Right. And it's a, this is a, a reminder that we are members of a body. We're, we're not um, meant to be saved alone. We're meant to be saved as a body. And uh, so to call to mind there our friends, our relatives, and at that point we might also pause and think, okay, I promised so-and-so I was going to pray for them, um, and I, I pray for their healing, or whatever it may be, uh, we might call those to mind at that moment as well. And then finally, we pray for the Pope, for the Holy Father. And it might be good just to talk for just a, a few seconds here on the importance of praying for the Holy Father, as well as for all priests, all of those who work in public roles of teaching uh, the faith or that, that are involved in public ministries, because there is that spiritual war that's going on out there. And so we need to pray for the protection uh, of, of all of those who are in leadership roles in our church. Uh, yes, and and the Pope uh, certainly has a target on his back and needs our prayer support. And, you know, with every rosary, we usually pray in our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, for the intentions of the Holy Father. I think with the morning offering prayer, what's helpful, though, and important for people to realize is that every month, the Pope, through what used to be called the Apostleship of Prayer and is now known as the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network, has a specific intention that we're praying for. And, for example, during this month of April, we're praying for those who risk their lives while fighting for fundamental rights under dictatorships, authoritarian regimes, and even in democracies in crisis. So basically, we're praying for those rights, for example, here in the United States, for the right of religious freedom, the right to uh, practice our religion, not just at Mass or in church, but by the decisions we make uh, in our daily lives. And if somebody is wanting to find those monthly prayer intentions that the Pope has, where can they find those? Well, the website is, it's called popesprayerusa.net. So it's all one word, popesprayerusa.net. And there's a lot of great prayer resources there as well, including different versions of the morning offering, and then the Pope's monthly prayer intentions so that we can be aware of those. All right. Very good. Well, we made it. I think the only thing left is the amen. And maybe we'll discuss what amen means another time because we're out of time here, (laughs) Father Jim. So thank you so much for being our spiritual director. And in the last about 30 seconds here, can I ask you for a, a final blessing for our listeners? Definitely. Loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for this day and all the ways you bless us. We offer you this day. And we ask your blessing upon us and our loved ones as we say May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you 
forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father James Kubicki, director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. And of course, you can always hear his prayer reflections here on Relevant Radio throughout the day. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us, Father Jim. And make sure you stay tuned. We've got uh, Mass coming up next. Father Rocky is our celebrant. And then I hope you tune in next week on Monday. We're going to be talking about miracles and how we can experience those miracles in our life. Have a wonderful weekend, and God bless you.